0: Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Nice this meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name?
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Locked on Sharks, your daily source of everything Team Teal. Your update for today is that three to seven of them went golfing, um, and that's that. Uh, the others probably had a great time living their life. Uh, they are still not playing hockey, uh, so we will get back to them whenever they do something of note. Uh, like, Doug Wilson's going to trade for a bunch of different players from Toronto. That'll that'll be when we're back with Sharks news. But for today, we have a very special two-part episode uh, we have another interview because we're the content boys and we deliver content with people who are smarter than us. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Demetrius. With me, as always, are Eric and JD. And then joining us as the fourth Musketeer. I think the fourth Musketeer is the best one. I think D'Artagnan was the best one. Is Garrett Hole, uh, co-founder of Hockey Data and Hockey Graphs and general hockey man on the Internet. Uh, you've probably seen him out and about dunking on people, giving smart information. Uh, Garrett how are you I'm good thanks for having me on what um, before we get into it I always like to give uh, give our guests a little little time to breathe and just talk about what you've done in hockey or what you're uh, doing now anything that you kind of want to give a background to our listeners just in case they don't know who you are and um, I know you've worked with a a lot of different aspects of the hockey world so this is your time to shine and, and brag about yourself so go nuts
2: Okay um I'm a person that yelled on the internet a, a lot and uh, then got famous for that um, but the, the longer version would be that um, I used to blog quite a bit when I was going through university um, and I'm uh, analytically inclined in terms of both my education and also in terms of hockey, so I kind of mixed the two and uh, eventually created my own blogging website called hockey graphs and a bunch of people jumped on and now it's a bigger thing than I ever expected it to be I just wanted it to be a place where I could yell about hockey uh, analytics without having to make everything uh, Winnipeg Jets centric because that's kind of where I got my start was writing for Winnipeg Jets fan blogs and uh, then from there I eventually got picked up by an agency and then from the agency I ended up uh, moving out and starting my own company
1: are you from winnipeg?
2: Uh, yeah, I was originally born and raised there. I lived uh first first 9 years there, then the next 10 years in uh Victoria BC um and then I moved the next I moved to Vancouver BC just after that and so once I hit 12 years, I got to keep the pattern going and got to go somewhere else.
1: I'm to Toronto. It's waiting. <laughs> It's the center of the universe. I don't know if you're aware of this.
3: Are you trying to go to, to Vancouver yourself, Kyle? Why are you? Why are you going to make him join you somewhere you're not going to be anymore?
1: Yeah, it's true. I, I'm actually actively trying to move to Vancouver. So
3: um... Vancouver's great. I've been there twice. It's awesome. I want to. I want to go back, but they won't let me in the country right now. So
0: eventually, <laughs> eventually, I'll go back. But it's not. Vancouver's on my bucket list too. One day. Not one for day a while. When we're free to move around again, yes.
2: Uh, I just warn you don't ever go in November because that's about 30 days of rain. No,
3: just don't
1: go like November to February.
3: I was there in June a couple years ago and it was, it was beautiful. And I'm, I live in San Francisco and it's just like 55 and foggy, 360 days a year, basically. And those five days are great, but the rest of it, you're just like, I it's fine. But, um, so it was nice to see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of different weather, a little bit of warmth during the summer. I got to go outside, like without a sweatshirt on. I was like, "This is, this is, I could do this. I could do this for a while." So I'm envious. It's a cool place. But um, I guess enough about geography and weather. Uh, we're we're here here. Locked on maps. Locked on locked on maps. Locked on um, on uh, weather radar data. Locked on. My fiance always like pulls up her her. Um, iphone weather app and i'm like no you have to like download the national weather thing that has sensors everywhere that has like accurate data and she's like oh. and i i'm I'm weird like that so i do i do like weather too, <laughs> but we're not we're not we're, again neither here nor good there, there. Good um good content gonna
2: have pet oh, yeah. on, on next and he'll uh start
3: chasing those storms for everyone i do <laughs> oh yeah those are th- i see those those are fun too and he like watches um International shipping traffic.
1: International, yeah. shipping traffic international shipping
3: traffic those i i give me hour, hours of entertainment on twitter i really i really appreciate those those vancouver boys you guys know how to you guys know how to keep things interesting
2: are a weird bunch <laughs>
3: um are you have you been watching the playoffs are you are you paying attention even though uh, the jets aren't in it you oh, jets fan
2: i i grew up a jets fan but um working in the business kind of Makes you lose a little bit of the fandom. Like it's it's sad to say that it it's. Yeah. I'm still watching. Uh, like I'm right now. I'm only watching on my cell phone as the game goes on while we talk. But um, I don't really have a team anymore. Like I have some times where there's certain players that I might follow or such. But it, it changes it changes the game for you. Still enjoy it, but it's not the same.
3: Just because you're forced to like look at things through more of an objective lens i guess and
2: and then yeah. sometimes it's like you're on payroll for more than one team so
3: right right yeah but then you can't really have you can't really have a fandom that is true
1: just a casual just a casual flex you know multiple well, I'm multiple
2: payrolls not on,
3: <laughs> any payrolls.
1: I'm, I'm not on any payrolls. let me <laughs> let me fix that i'm not on any
0: payrolls but
2: i'm cuz he's on all court. the
0: payrolls not just any payrolls <laughs> all the payrolls <laughs>
2: I, it's not true
1: either, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Gary so is going to call you right? after this, this information
2: interview. information here, perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, no, you're who I am. Um. Thank
0: goodness. All right, guys, you want to take a quick break to talk to you guys about DoorDash. So if you're like me and you're super busy and you sometimes have a really limited time and don't feel like cooking, um, DoorDash is a great way to get food delivered straight to your house um so they're an app you go online you pick what type of food you want and they'll deliver it safely outside your house with new contactless delivery drive drop-off settings um they've partnered with over three hundred thousand partners in the u.s puerto rico canada and australia so you can support your local go-to's or choose from your favorite national restaurants like chipotle wendy's and the cheesecake factory many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery so you just go to uh, open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant and the food that you want, and they'll be left right at your door. And right now, if you, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. So when you download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Again, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, $5 off. Use the code LOCKEDONNHL.
3: I mean, so, so, what has that been like just working with NHL teams? I mean, I feel like from the outside, people, a lot of people, especially on hockey Twitter, feel like that would be a very cool interaction or kind of like a dream job to some degree. has it has it felt like that? Have you enjoyed it? Has it been as cool as you would have expected?
2: it, it yes and no, it's it's very weird because, like, My interaction with teams is generally speaking is this. Um, So we we might have a phone call with like, let's say there's one of the teams that we haven't been working with for a while, or maybe it's a team that like we don't work with yet, or maybe it's just like a new package that of some sort of content that we have available that we might be selling to a team. Um, I'll I'll sometimes be on the call just as like the the voice of the nerds. So like you'll have like a salesperson because like I can't sell anything um but then i'll be there to answer like questions and stuff like that and so like the people that i'll be talking to generally speaking like every once in a while um it'll be like oh the gm the coach is on the call and i'm like oh well eh." uh but like most often it's like oh this is the director of player ops or it's this is the um like head scout or video scout or head of their analytics division and like i'll just be like the salesperson kind of like goes off and tells us what our product is and then they have questions and I ch- chime in and answer. And then, um, then every once in a while, like, you know, making sales, sometimes we don't. And then like the information gets sent to them. So that, that's like the day to day stuff. It's not really like all this, like, Oh, you know, team a is calling on Garrett to ask him, you know, do you like this player? No, it's like we're, we're selling data dumps for the most part. Right. Um, and like there are some other analysis and stuff like that, and see even then, like let's I'm I'm g- gonna be frank is like the real money is not in the NHL teams, anyways. The real money is uh, what we do. We do because like I, as I mentioned in passing, is I my start working for a um a, a player agency called CKM Sports, which is of, like a Vancouver base. Um, actually, I think. I think they have a sharks prospect uh Manuel Weederer or something like that.
3: He is probably not going to be though. back anymore. He's uh yeah. a RFA this year and I he's 23 so but yeah
2: so, so like I did his analytics for their player agency when he was like 16 17. Like oh, that kind of stuff. wild. So so crazy. So what what I did not not for the Sharks what I did is I was working for the player agency and like create these packages so like i'd watch well not me personally i had people who do it but i'm just gonna use the royal me um or we uh we'd watch we'd watch the games we track some stats um i create some packages and generally speaking we create two packages One package is to sell the player because like you know let's be honest even nhl scouts don't see a crap ton of these players games like they might see the top players, yeah, they see a whole bunch of them. But, like, when you're getting, like, the third, the fourth, the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, maybe there's been a grand total of, like, 20 games watched through through the whole war room. um, And, like, 18 or 17 of them, whereas by, like, the one uh, area scout. Like, you know, they, they don't have a ton of, like, information on that. And so, like, when they get these stats packages, like, sure, yes, it is coming from the kid. Um, but if it matches up with what they see, then they, at least they have like some um, confirmation there. Um, not that powerful of a tool for like, you know, some kid trying to get drafted, but it's really powerful for like, you know, maybe a kid who's coming from junior hockey and's hoping to play NCAA Div 1, where they have, they've seen even less games, um, or even fewer good English. Um, and then uh, and then the other package we do is like, say, talking to this kid that wants to make NCAA you can say, okay, um, these, this is what kids who make the next jump do, and this is what you're lacking. So you can say, like, oh, hey, you take as many shots as a kid who makes the next jump, but your expected shooting percentage and your shooting percentage is lower. Here's a map of your shots. Here's a map of like what your shots should be.
3: Do, do NHL teams also use your stuff for draft purposes too, or is it mostly the prospects trying to kind of Filter between levels.
2: Um. Uh, uh, NDA. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Okay.
3: Can't can't uh answer that question. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so all sorts of different types of people using your platform. That is. That is and so it primarily operates via tracking, right? So video tracking.
2: Yeah. So we've developed our own software. Um. So we watch the games. It kind of uses a, a blend of automated tracking and also um, manual tracking, uh, just because of the fact that all automa- automated tracking is improving, it's still quite a distance away um, from perfection. Um, like, it's a little dirty tale that all the automated trackers are still using uh, manual tracking to adjust and um, correct things. Uh, not to a great degree, like it's gone like a long ways in the past couple of years. Uh, but then on top of it uh, when you're dealing like we predominantly deal with lower levels we don't do too much uh, NHL level analysis um, and data and so dealing with a lot weaker um, and uh, um, grainier and poorly managed video quality so like you know you might be getting what the video coaches use if you're like dealing with like a pretty Solid level of hockey, um, like the AHL or the NCAA. Uh, but like sometimes, even as with junior, you might be dealing with like the actual broadcast camera, so you're getting you're losing face offs because of the kiss cam and stuff
1: like that.
3: I've seen, <laughs> That's awesome. I've seen a few like prospect people tweet videos of prospects on Twitter, like, "Oh, watch this guy I do X, Y, and Z," and I watch it. I'm just like, "How did I don't?" I, first of all, I don't know who has a puck. Second of all, I have no idea how you can tell what he's doing basically. Like I I, I respect all those folks on, on Twitter and I mean I guess even elsewhere who like put in the time to watch those grainy crazy videos of the junior ranks and stuff like that and like European ranks and like the second division in Finland and that sort of thing. Yeah, and- I mean like even before
2: I was doing this the analytical side of things, like I was always big into junior hockey, I always watched a lot of it like um, growing up and um you it's weird you kind of get used to it it's like you know like when older people say like i can't understand your like whether or not you're listening to heavy like metal or if you listen to rap or whatever older people are like i can't understand what they're saying but you're like i can just you, you you get certain ways that you're able to distinguish what's going on your brain kind of fills in the gaps because you can see things based off of like body position how pe- how the players are reacting it's kind of weird but it works
1: can you just just to take a step back before we go forward kind of explain to everybody and myself what the difference between automated and manual tracking is
2: okay so automated tracking is uh, it's computer ai um so what's happening is like the computer software is watching the video and based off of players like as we kind of just how like your eyes fill in with stuff uh, the video is seeing the players move and it's determining certain things are happening based off of body positioning based off of movement and such like that. Um, And it's, it's a machine learning process. So like as, um, as manual tracking is literally like point and click um, for someone who's watching the game saying, this has happened. Now this has happened. Now this has happened, filling the gaps and saying, you know, what has happened? Who did it? Where did it happen? Blah, 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 blah. And over time, uh, the machine learning uh, algorithms allow it to uh, learn uh, what is going on based off of what the manual is tracking. So that's why computer software is getting better, partially because of better programming, but also partially because over time, um, these machine learning algorithms are starting to pick up uh, what certain events
0: kind of look like. All right, guys, we want to take a quick break to talk to s- you about something really serious. Um, so talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like I lost my mojo. We avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can take a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free, two-day shipping. Um, The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Um, getting us started is easy. Just go to Roman.com and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunctioning used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with healthcare professionals and take care of it. Um, so right now, though, we are offering if you go to Roman.com slash lockdown NHL today, if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash lockdown NHL. Getroman.com slash lockdown NHL.
3: So, just generally speaking, around tracking data, that seems like sort of the next big frontier, at least with with publicly available data. And I think the NHL is going to, is planning to, or maybe going to release some of that in the next few years or soon here. And there's sort of a lot of discussion, at least in the hockey Twitter sphere, about the degree to which having that tracking data will help. So I think one of the, you know, one of the big things, for example, and I'm sure you know, this is People sort of hypothesize that having tracking data will help a lot with, say, expected goals models, because right now all you get is a coordinate of where the shot is. But if you know that there is a pass ahead of time, then maybe you adjust the expected goal sort of probability um, of the model a little bit. And, you know, do you think that having this information at the NHL level regularly is going to help improve what's already publicly out there that much?
2: There's going to be a lot of changes, Um I don't know whether or not this information, if the data is actually going to go public. Um, I do know that it's, the project's been pushed back and back and back. Uh, that said, I think that it's they're even going to be um, doing some of it. I think they're hoping during the playoffs whether or not that actually happens or not, because uh, it was supposed to already start earlier in the beginning of the season. Um, but a lot of this tracking is going to do a, a uh, couple things uh, so one thing that's going to happen is it's going to improve the data that already ex- not already exists but is already being tracked uh, so um, with the data that's already being tracked like the shots and the shot locations and the time of the shots and the person who takes the shots um, there's two potential issues with that data um, which is bias and um, error so this type of tracking will decrease both of those factors. So uh, what those two issues are, and what's the difference between them, um, not to bore everyone with too much of a statistics uh, lecture, but bias is basically, um, so generally speaking, how things currently work is the people who track are NHL employees, and um, all the, for example, San Jose shark games are probably being tracked by the same Six or eight kind of people that uh, in on rotation. Like most of them will be the same kind of guys. Uh, the person that's shooting the sh- uh, picking out the shot locations is generally speaking, for the most part, going to be the same person at the entire season. And so, if they have some tendencies and some biases and whatever that's diff- that differentiates them um, from like another person, that if they were doing it, um, that's going to create a bias. Um, so generally speaking, people call that like home scores bias. So like one of the things that we kind of see. Is um, certain arenas have a tendency to maybe make shots closer uh, than they actually are. Um, you get some tendencies where um, maybe some uh, arenas are more likely to call a shot, uh, a shot attempt a shot. Uh, and so there are methods to imp- reduce those errors. Um, for example, generally speaking, what you do is you look at how teams perform they're visiting San Jose versus when they're visiting all the other arenas and from that you can kind of estimate what the typical San Jose bias is and you can adjust for that um, but with having you know better data obviously you're not going to have that issue and then the other thing is error and error is the big thing that everyone always cries about um, like you'll see like someone like shows um, a screenshot of where the shot is and they'll show a screenshot of where um, the NHL dot com is saying that it was situated. Um, and like that's that's a problem in the in the short run. It's not as big of a problem in the long run because what happens with those type of um, errors is they're normally distributed. Uh, so what happens is over the the way you fix that is just make a larger sample size. Um, so and that well, I'll come back to that in a moment. Then the next thing that this tracking data will do is it'll create more data points because there'll be things that we're tracking this with this data that isn't being looked at. For example, passes, um, location of like the defender uh, when the shot happened, uh, whether or not there's a screen, and like you'll be able to look at much more granular data. Um, so those are the ways that things are going to improve upon things, and it'll definitely make models better just because of all three of those things. Um, now, to how important that is for NHL teams, it's huge. Um, having a slightly better understanding of something is going to be, like, a very large potential improvement. Um, that said, uh, in terms of the public, like, if this data is available, it's it's not going to be that enormous. Because, like, for example, when we're talking about the error thing. So you remove the error issue. Well, that's huge for an NHL team because they're able to, de- to determine how good a player is much much faster. Because before, how you got rid of errors, you needed a larger sample size. Well, now, now with that kind of better data, you no longer need as large of a sample size. But with like NHL fans, like generally speaking, you know, you might have arguments about one game, but for the most part, most game most arguments on the internet are about. Is player A better than player B? Is team A better than team B? speaking, you have a large enough sample size you can actually make those type of arguments. Um, The the granularity is going to be a fairly large thing. Um, Especially like, for example, you said with expected goal models, um, for people who don't know what that means, it's, um, you're taking a shot and you're adjusting it, its value um, related to uh, factors that, cause it to be a more likely a goal so for example a shot that's right in front of the net is much more dangerous than a shot that's being taken at the opposing team's blue line um they're not like the pa- the pass caused the goalie to go across the crease that shot's more dangerous um so now also we'll be able to determine that that pass happened to be able to include it into models that's saying uh like a lot of people will be or a lot of people on Twitter have said, oh, this is going to turn the world upside down. This will be so different. You'll all of a sudden realize all these expected goal models were so very wrong. Um, in terms of an individual shot, yes, it's going to really change things. Um, but in terms of, like, whether or not um, this top line forward is really better or not than this fourth line forward, you're not going to see a huge uh, top turning, like, all these players that we thought were terrible are actually good and all these good players are actually terrible um, just because of the fact that one uh, shot location is all, uh, a huge driver in um, shot quality. Uh, and I could say this without NDA issues because that information has uh, gone out there. There's um, Alex Novet did some testing looking at passing data as public publicly tracked by uh, Corey and uh, with the passing project and um, he found that still shot location NHL.com data was the primary driver of quality and it's not just because that's all that matters it's also in part because good players just generally tend to be good so if you're good at getting shots closer to the net you're also going to be better at you know getting shots from passes that are better. You're going to be better at um, causing the goalie to move across this uh, crease. You're going to be better at a lot of other things. So that's a very long rant.
0: Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do for part one of our episode with Garrett Hull. Um You can check us back tomorrow. Where we'll continue our conversation with him. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we are on Locked on Sharks and all the platforms. Um, You can also email us, but please don't do that. You can find us us at LockedOnSharks at gmail.com. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Demetrius. You can find um, Eric on Twitter at FoulBall15. Um, You can find myself on Twitter at MyFryHole and our guest Garrett. You can find him on Twitter at GarrettHole with one T. Um, And that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more analytics and diving behind the numbers.